start the recording. Now just edit this shit out. You don't have to. Are we recording now? Just some pre-show funsies, right? You just put that later. Just shove it somewhere. Say, Bonus hey, content? Just fucking, we're fucking cool, right? <laughs> it's boom. Here we are. Like, maybe, Ooh. I guess. Oh, right. right. You like Gundams and video games? Aren't we hip? We're still young at heart. Welcome back to Now We're No Review, where we review movies, anime, and everything else in between. Uh, I guess I'll start with this. Joel, how are are you doing there? I'm good. I got my Andor jacket on. Oh, there you go. A year ago for the show, but I didn't wear it today. I'm good. How are you, Brian? No, doing all right. I'm glad to be here. Of course, I'm also glad to be here with Marcelo is back on a review episode. That's right. I'm back. Been been crazy couple weeks, but glad again, as always, to be able to find time to sit here with my bros and talk about some of the best Star Wars in uh, in Star Wars history, honestly. Hell yeah. Speaking of the best Star Wars, that's what we're here for. We're here to talk about the finale to Star Wars Andor. Of course, if you want to hear our mid-season review, we already have that. In the pipes, you can go listen to that podcast services, or you can watch the VOD on YouTube. But of course, we're here to talk about episodes 7 through 12. And also, Marcelo, actually, if you want, uh, would you like to kind of just talk about your overall thoughts on Star Wars, like even or of Andor, even like the beginning half of the season? Yeah, I mean my my whole my whole feeling of everything here is that it is some of the best Star Wars that we've re- been able to kind of get since you know really since anything after the trilogy really. Uh, I was really just you know I had put it off for so long because everything after the Book of Boba Fett, which I thought was you know awful. Oh no! Uh, and just kind of, just kind of in the in in its totality, I didn't enjoy Boba Fett. I felt really like burnt out. So I was like, mm-hmm. ah, Andor. I'll just you know, I'll just, uh, I'll just you know, wait. I'll put it off. I don't need to watch this right now, anyways. Like it's not that important. And then one day, I just kind of sat around. And I was like, oh, like. This is really fun. Like from the first episode, I was hooked. And I think what I really liked about it too was just like we really experienced all these like little mini arcs every couple episodes, you know? Yeah. Which I thought really balanced really well. We really in, uh, introduced some really interesting characters throughout their show. And yeah, it was just kind of like I said, some of the, some of my favorite TV in general uh, that I've seen this year. Sure. Um, I I think I I like it more than every Marvel show that we've had on Disney Plus. Definitely, I think mm-hmm. I like that more than The Mandalorian. Wow. Okay. Interesting. So, yeah. like you you mentioned how it felt like 
this whole season had like their own little mini arcs and I agree with you on that just because of the fact that they allowed the show to have 12 episodes like besides Mandalorian all the other Star Wars shows so far have been I guess you can technically call them miniseries like I think Boba Fett had nine did Boba Fett have nine episodes or eight eight or nine I think which I guess is technically long but like when two of those episodes are like Mando episodes i you know it's kind of hard to kind of say whether or not it's like a full Boba Fett season and then of mm-hmm. course like you have Obi-Wan which is only like a few episodes long uh, so- Book of Boba Fett was seven episodes oh seven ev- oh, wow okay Obi-Wan hmm. I think was six maybe eight it was six Obi-Wan was six but um, yeah I would have to agree with you Marcel like this as much as I like Mandalorian, I feel like this is the Star Wars show that we kind of needed. Mm-hmm. It's a nice refresher. It mm-hmm. doesn't rely too much on people's knowledge of Star Wars, so it makes it very approachable for anybody, mm-hmm. whether it's someone who's new to Star Wars, someone who's kind of had a falling out with Star Wars over the years. Um, and it just doesn't, you know, it sounds, it sounds funny, but it just doesn't feel like Star Wars. We are, this is its like own story within the Star Wars universe. But I think for me, what it was is we didn't get any of like the, like, like the magic, you know, like the, and what I mean by that is like the lightsabers and stuff like that. Like Hmm. no force. This was people having, doing, did like, down and dirty things being gritty like you know things like that so you know it's just something that we hadn't had in a long time and so i just i I, like i said that's what i really enjoyed about it right uh joel Mm -hmm. now that you've seen the season in full what is what is your opinions on andor um I agree with Marcelo. This is probably the Star Wars thing, if not the best thing, honestly, for me right now. Um, it, it just stands above. I, I thought Mandalorian was as good as they could get, and I'm happy to be wrong with Andor really shining through and being pretty damn amazing. And like you said, accessible to anyone who's new to Star Wars, you know, done with Star Wars, or still, you know, all in with Star Wars. It's for everybody. And it's it elevates the franchise, honestly. Uh, like what Prey did for Predator, like this does for Star Wars, but even more so, you know. Um, oh yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, I just it was. I expected it like to be Rogue One, like you know. Um, but they take it even further, and I feel like that makes you know the stakes of Rogue One and everything that happens, you know, even higher and more important and more feeling it's just well done and i think for me i don't know if i mentioned it before but uh things kind of kick off with episode three of the series you know which what we got but i think like i knew where this show was going and i was in, like ready to be on board for everything like with episode six i wanted to actually ask you marcella with the heist um which i thought was an amazing episode uh, how you felt 
when Andor comes back, I know we texted a little, but I just want you to say it live in a recording. Um, when Andor comes back from the heist, you know, he's lost people, they're there, and he's with Skeen, and he's like, yo, man, we could just go. What were your thoughts? We didn't really talk about it, but I want to hear it now. No, that was, you know, that's kind of... I I guess the way they presented him as, as like, the character, like, I kind of had an inclination that he was going to be, like not a hundred percent honest with everything. So when he was like, you know, we could kill these people and then just bounce. I was like, yep, true colors. But it was interesting to see like, and or the way he reacted, right. He like shot him right then and there. Like he didn't even hesitate. Right. It was like, Nope. It's like, you're, it's like, Nope, you're dead. <laughs> like, If one thing we know that's a through line for Andor is that he's not afraid to fucking shoot somebody dead on. Mm. Yeah, exactly. So, like, uh, it was, yeah, uh, it was overall, like, you know, he definitely made choices. Uh, but it, I think, uh, well, I guess here's what I really enjoyed, too, that this was season one, right? And they said, yes. watch the watch the season uh, one ending, which we'll get to. But I was like, oh, like, that means we're we're expecting more. So I'm curious to see how it'll lead up to uh, Rogue One, which sucks, too, because now we know what happens to this character. That's like the only thing that sucks. <laughs> so that was a, that was the thing a lot of people are saying. It's like, why why would I care about the show when I already know how the character is going to end? And yeah, which is fair. I mean, it's fair because it's kind of it's one of those things where it's like, how invested would I be in a prequel if I know the end result? But I feel like with this, they've done such a good job of making this a really big character study for Andor and like showing where he comes from and showing what he's had to go through just to get into the rebellion. Mm -hmm. And at the beginning, he didn't want to be in the rebellion. And so it's like seeing what he had to go through to have that kind of tonal shift for his overall viewpoint of the whole situation with the empire and the would be rebellion. Um, mm-hmm. I guess I'll just kind of throw this out to you guys. Either you can grab this um, with we knowing that there's going to be a season two already, like they already announced season two. And I think they, they said the possibility of a season three. I don't know if that's confirmed what? or not. Um, depending um, but from what you know about the show now what is like the one thing that you think that they could have had in season one or that you hope that will be brought up in season two Ooh, you know I really would love to see how he meets the uh the the droid like okay too so dude so oh uh sorry go ahead no so so like i was watching it right and i was like oh is this little square robot gonna be easy is something gonna happen to him and he's gonna get like transplanted into the into the other unit but i didn't get that but that's how i thought it was gonna go i thought we were gonna get a little bit of that but we uh we didn't Bro, like, the episode where he gets captured, right? 
right. for a sec, I, for a second, I was like, "Oh man, is that is that going to be K two? Is that going right. like, to be is this it? Yeah." yeah. <laughs> but no, you have to remember, like, if for any people that like played um, Jedi Fallen Order, you just know that those those K two uh, droids are just kind of the Empire's like big security guards. Mm-hmm. Like they're just yeah. fuck, they're just fucking everywhere. So it's mm-hmm. kind of it was kind of interesting to see. Um, that dichotomy like knowing that in the future he's going to have this relationship with the k2 but at this moment he's being like strangleholded and being sent to prison yeah. by one right. yeah no that, so that's kind of something that i'd want to see um and you know i really should have watched kind of rogue one to kind of see where andor andor's character was in that movie and kind of see all right, now, you know, like, what do I want to see now? Like, what do I want to see the development of? Uh, do we know if... Um, what's his name, guys? Uh, what was his name? Gollum? You know who, I, you know who I'm talking oh, about. Andy Serkis. Andy Serkis. Do we know if he survived? I think it was pretty, it was pretty vague, right? Like, we don't really know. Assuming he probably did not make it, because I'm, I'm going to make the assumption based on the Empire, you know, whoever was still there, fucking killed him. So if he didn't jump, I am pretty sure he's dead. But you never know. I guess it just all depends. Uh, yeah, I mean, his character was so good. I really like. I know. I always forget how great of an actor Andy Serkis is. Like he is such a strong, like he can show so much emotion. Mm-hmm. And, like, yeah, he was great. Yeah. Like a lot of people forget that he's actually an actor and not just a guy in a suit. Guy in a suit. That's exactly right. Snoke, man. Snoke, Caesar, Gollum. But Yeah. I don't know, because he said he can't swim. But I'm wondering if, yeah, it, I was kind of surprised and never like kind of went back on that. But I guess it's kind of le- meant to be a little bit like of a tragic thing where it's like this. You have this one guy that helped Andor just like pretty much free the entire prison. And then once they get to the point of like salvation, you know, it turns out it's like, oh, I can't be free. I'm literally mm-hmm. stuck here forever. It's like, oh shit, that mm-hmm. sucks. Yeah. Gotcha. Uh, but there's so many good, good fucking characters in the show. I was so surprised because I knew, because I knew like people were gonna like Cassian, and I knew like people are gonna be excited about Mon Mothma. But like, we've gotten so many new characters that are all interesting in their own way. Mm-hmm. Like you have Luthen. You have um, Marva. You have uh, what's his face? Bar, his friend. Basso. 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 B R A S S O. Oh, Brasso. I believe. Better double check. Which I didn't realize that that senator was in Rebels. Everyone was super excited, and I was like, I, I actually still haven't even seen Rebels. So that was interesting to see that character and everyone being really excited about it. Which one? Oh, yeah. The, 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 the senator, the, the white chick. Oh, 
She's, she's in, Rebels. in uh, Rogue One too. She's in Rogue One. Of the Jedi. Yeah, not even joking. What? Yeah. A little back there. Yeah, but you have so many really good characters. Um, so many good characters. But yeah, uh, Joel, would you like to start going through the second half of Andor? Uh, sure. I just want to throw it to you, and before I say something, uh, I want to see how Cassian gets his U-wing. As simple as that. Oh, oh yeah, bro. Um, yes. Does he get it from the rebellion? Is it an imperial prototype he steals? I mean, I don't care. I want. I want to know how he gets his wit, man. I want to see. I love that ship. I think it's one of the coolest ships in all Star Wars, as far as like prequel, original, you know, in between. It's it's really sleek and cool. I love that thing in the game. So, it's, we'll see how he gets it. Also, That's you a re- good call, man. I totally forgot about the Ewing. Yeah, but also you reminded me. We still haven't seen how. Um, Uh, Forrest Whitaker, Saul Guerrero. We haven't seen how Saul Guerrero got to his Rogue One form yet. He like he he's appeared in this season, but he's still he's still the Saul Guerrero that we kind of see, like in like the Clone Wars, uh, Rebels, like era. He's still yes. mostly fine. He doesn't have his like. Big as a breathing apparatus or anything. Yeah, just have a CPAP built in. That was that. good. That was good de aging. He looked great. He looks. See, I feel like Forrest Whitaker is just one of those guys that like you could just like pop him into any any time, no matter what, and he's just perfect. Yeah, but also because like Sagar is just one of those characters where it's like he's kind of supposed to be a little unhinged, so it's just like oh, you could look a little rough. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely unhinged. But yes. So you guys stopped at episode six? Yes. Just about. Yeah. I think we I teased think we, a little bit more. Yeah, we teased a good. little bit about seven, but we didn't like talk about it fully. Okay. But yeah. If you guys are ready. We can de- dive into the into the review. Yeah. Lore Master oh, Joel, I, would you take I, us on a journey? Lord uh, Master Joel. I was just gonna dive into my favorite parts. I wasn't. I was like, man, I just want to get into the meat that I like. Well, hey, you, talk about the you're, meat, you're, dude. You're you're the pilot of the Ewing for this episode, so you know, just oh, go, just take us for the ride. Yeah. Let's go. But Brian, for sure, like you want to see more Sagrera. That's what you want to see from the future. I feel like I feel like Andor, like the show Andor, has to be the story of how. Saw Guerrera like gets fucked up. Whether and I f- actually no, now that I'm thinking about it, it's probably going to be because of Luthen. Because oh, Luthen, yeah, I was just about to segue to that. Because <laughs> I guess we could like talk about it just a little bit. Like Luthen is obviously the one that is not afraid to get his hands dirty to make sure the rebellion succeeds. Oh yeah, and he yes. also knows that Saw Gerrera is the 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 wild card in the rebellion, and he wasn't afraid to fucking pull a gun <laughs> on him too. So it's just in like his okay. own base, surrounded by his own goons and shit. Yeah, well, he threw he threw his one 
guy under the he's like he he gave me the gun or whatever he's about to get another yeah. guy killed yeah tubes man get tubes in trouble and um, they already planned on ha having throw away like another fucking battalion you know just to just to survive so it's like maybe something will go wrong and i just want to see the progression of saw guerrera into rogue one that's all i that's all i kind of look for before uh, we dive in and, you know, jump back and forth between points, just want to say, if you've made it this far, we've dropped some big spoilers, more to come. Uh, if you are intrigued, please go watch this show. I, I mean, I think this is one of the best things I've watched all year. I mean, yes, I'm biased as hell when it comes to Star Wars, but this is actually strong writing, strong directing, strong... I, I just can't get enough of it. And, and hey... If you weren't convinced, go now. Stop. Press pause. Go watch it right now. And hey, if you don't have Disney Plus, that's fine. You know why? Because the show's so good, they're putting it on Hulu, and I think they said they're putting the first two episodes on TV. What? No way. Yeah, that's awesome. So, like, if if Disney is willing to do this, you have to know that Andor is something good, like special, because no other show on Disney Plus has gotten this treatment. Where it came there first, and they're like they're pushing it out more because they know. And I know some people be like, "Oh, they're just doing it because Andor's not a good show." It's like, no, this show deserves to be seen, and so they're pushing out as hard as they can. So you have no excuse, no excuse not to watch it. That's I I, I rest my case. So much to touch upon. Um the show goes i'm gonna go based on characters of course we'll fill in some blanks um okay. i want to make some very like interesting points um one of the most standout things to me i'm gonna jump ahead sorry everyone but episode 10 i think was one of the strongest things in star wars ever uh as far as like what the episode had as we you were just talking about it how luthan is he has the guy on the inside how he has so much imperial information yeah. and how far he's willing to go keep his man on the inside to keep him alive and the guy even tries to get out he's like no yeah. i'm literally sacrificing a battalion for you and it's just it's like it's fucked up like he's like no sorry you can't escape because one i won't let you in two i'm literally killing people to keep you in which is one of the most fucked up things we've seen from the rebellion aside from you know you know rogue one intro of Andor just killing someone out of nowhere right i was like what the fuck it also it he had a great monologue. I already have the like one of the quotes I really loved. It, is, it says, "I yearn to be a savior against injustice without contemplating the cost." And by the time I looked down, there was no longer any ground beneath my feet. What is my sacrifice? I'm condemned to use the tools of my enemy to defeat them. I burn my decency for someone else's future. I burn my life to make a sunrise that I know I nev I'll never see. And I was like, "God damn it! That is Whoa. fucking good!" Like, wow. From fucking he, Star Wars too. I, th I think he <laughs> he definitely recognized. Oh, go ahead. He definitely recognized like what it takes for the rebellion to get started. Right. He knows that there's sacrifices to be made. He knows that people are gonna pay the price for it. But he's like, he doesn't give a shit. Like he he's all he's about the uh, he's about the cause. You know. Oh yeah, like he's such one of the most int intriguing characters because we talked about this before. In the last episode where he's this guy 
that is willing to sacrifice everything and just be rough and like like gritty and then he can just transform into like this like posh like shop owner that's that sells you know inquisite like exotic items from across the galaxy it's like he knows he knows exactly what he needs to do to get people to believe in him or at least get people to work with him uh-huh. and like we've i feel like the show has done such a great job of showing all the different facets of the rebellion as they are not working together at the moment mm-hmm. like right. you, have, you have luthan it's doing all the dirty work up. yeah you have saw just pretty much doing whatever he wants to do and being like the outcast and you have mon mothma who's like working like as the like the dignitary like the money person who's now also having to get their hands dirty in order to get the rebellion up and running Ooh, but to get to that but luthan is just uh, he's just such an interesting character and it's very interesting to see where he's gonna go because he's so new to us since he wasn't in rogue one at least i don't i don't think he was ever mentioned in rogue no, one no not at all so we have no idea what he's capable of doing. And that's that's exciting. I think with that too, um fuck, I he I wanna know what Empire did to get him like like fuck you, I'm it's all I'm all in against the Empire. And I wonder if what we'll do in season two, but also how far is he gonna go that we never see him in Rogue One, like does his involvement like hurt Saw and take himself out? Like that's just, I'm really curious to see what they're gonna do with him. And it's just well written, well acted. It's it, he's a great character to see on screen. Him and uh, Forrest Whitaker as Saw together. Ooh man, that was just cake, and I was eating it, man. Like seeing them <laughs> interact, go back and forth. Woo, that was just amazing it's like and, we it's like we got we got a master class of acting for fucking right? 9.99 a month you get them just get them in a room <laughs> fucking just i don't know they could be clowns talking about you know you know playing with their noses in the desert and i'd be like this is amazing you know but it's, <laughs> it's really it just speaks to like they knew the story was strong they came on board they brought their best and we could see it and you know, luthan's character is just really cool and i just and he's not great, which we I love seeing too. We've seen so much of the rebellion being good, mm. not doing like things the Empire has done. And um I want to talk about Luthan and his action pack sequences, but I know Marcelo wants to be here for that. So I'll wait for that. Uh I can hold on to that. But let's segue we talked to, to about before, uh, Mr. Lick Spittle, aka bootlicker, Cyril. <laughs> Cyril um, oh, man. Again. No great acting on that guy, you know. Hopefully he doesn't get hate mail for doing a great job for pay- playing a character that's fucking like awful in the best way to watch. So it's very interesting to see this side of the empire. Like he's, he's like the everyman in support of the bad guy, you know? And it, it's, oh, it's watching him go down this like whirlpool of like, this is not going to end well, dude, but he's so in, he is so in for the empire. And then he does, what I loved about this season, he's like, he's fallen so far. He's trying mm-hmm. to get back up. And he's not doing it in a great way either. He approaches Deidre like, 
Like, like he approaches her and like fucking, before she goes to work, like a creepily. fucking creeper, dude. I know. Like, I found you, and then he finds her again, <laughs> <laughs> and he saves her, and it, it's a weird like almost sexual tension. Like, no, please. She's like, you saved my life. Thank you. I was like, oh, thank God. Please don't fucking kiss or anything like that. Interesting. Oh, I didn't. Gross. I didn't. I didn't get that. Um, I didn't get that like signal from that scene. That's interesting. I didn't but, either. I just, I could, I'm just saying, I'm glad it didn't go there. Okay. 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 But no. Oh, please. I don't agree. Don't be the weird simp vampire. I mean, he is, but like the extra step <laughs> to be that. But no, it's so interesting because, like, I don't know about you, but I thought Cyril was going to be like the main antagonist of the show. So it's so interesting Same. that after the first, uh, after the first episode that he just kind of gets like super demoted and just oh, like, yeah. it's like, nah, you're fucking done, bruh. And then we literally for like most of the season, just see him being super fucking depressed at his mom's apartment and course with his mom, man, <laughs> like imperial yeah. bootlicking. With, with and his mom face. is like such like, <laughs> like if like, tell him to eat shit, essentially, <laughs> like if, if the upper echelon of course are these like these posh, like aristocrats and like, like he comes from like just like the bottom pit of like like the underbelly of course so we're like all like the people that are like have new york accents are at and it's like it's just this new york of mom just being like calling him a piece of shit and saying so like yo like it's, it's like i, I your uncle, uncle was right <laughs> get a fucking job like a pencil pusher fucking job for the empire oh um, he'd be such a He's such an intriguing character because like he at the beginning is like you kind of feel like sympathy for him because like he was just somebody that was really like dedicated to his job to a fault. And like like he wanted to figure out who like murdered like two officers and then that ended up, you know, causing a massive fucking blowout in like a God, how many people did he end up getting killed over two officers, though, you know? at least a dozen <laughs> how many squadrons like got murdered because of that i will say i was kind of sad though that um we didn't get the we didn't get to see too much too much of his buddy um i forget his name oh the other pro empire bootlicker i know who you're talking the about one the, that, the, the, the one that the one that was with like freaky. the really like the scottish accent dude yeah. Yeah, yeah i thought he was funny i thought he was an entertaining character and I was, was kind of oh, like, I, I know, I know, we're going way back now, but like when when he he's giving his, uh, I forget, and I forget the guy's name, but when he's giving like his his speech as they're about to land on the planet to go get Andor the first time, he's like thrilling speech, sir, very like very inspiring. <laughs> uh, he he just had like he has so much of just like that like straightforward like like all right, we're gonna do the job. And we're going to do it done right. It's like, okay. It's um, a triangle of simp, you know, Cyril for Deja and then that guy for Cyril. And it's just, it's just empire love. Um, um, yeah. So just to catch you up, we were just talking about Cyril and how he's a captive, like a captivating character to watch, even though he's like in it for the wrong reasons. But it, we haven't seen that side of the empire. Like he's literally almost like almost has nothing kind of like Andor, but he's, you know, on the other side and, you know, he's creepily approaching Deidre after, you know, before work and shit. And, you know, just 
it, the actor's really good though. He sells it. Like I got it. He sells the character. He, he, he gave me like the, the Baratheon dude vibes, you know, like that's what I was expecting. <laughs> kind of have that that type of like weird type of thing, but mm-hmm. if the show was rated MA, we would have we would we would have gotten it, you know? He would have snapped. Oh, yeah. Totally. Um uh, circling back a little bit more, um, you kind you kind of had to like step out for a second while we're talking about Luthen. Did you have any uh, like more comments about just his character? No, just he he you know has he 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 has like a vision in his mind about like about the rebellion, and he isn't afraid to do whatever it takes to get it. You know. Uh, and I know we're I know we can have a huge long conversation about this, but the, in the last episode, how he fucks up a fucking Star Destroyer oh, was probably one of the best, in my opinion, like best uh, action. I knew he scenes wanted to talk about Star Wars. He came back. <laughs> he came back to that show. Please, can we just can we just mention but how fuck- that whole scene Yeah, no. Like just visually, just visually, it was it was done so well. Like it was so gorgeous to look at because you know that's where the budget went for the season. (laughs) In those thirty seconds, I can't tell you how excited I got when those two panels of his ship opened up and just two fucking laser beams just shot out and he did a barrel roll and sliced up a whole bunch of TIE fighters. It's so cool. It was sick, right? It was fucking sick. They gave him a good send-off, and I remember when he's like, you know, he's like kind of trying to sweet-talk the Empire, he's buying time, and then those panels come out, he shoots the radar dish, I was like, what? It was, oh, it was just... Hype, man. It was. I like how we had technology to be able to to, to totally disable a fucking tractor beam. Of course he does. <laughs> yeah, he's rich as hell. <laughs> there, oh, there's one thing that I have to kind of bring up that I really enjoyed seeing throughout this whole uh, season is that we got to see that breaking point between the Empire being as Andor say, fat and satisfied. And then total complete chaos with the rebellion kicking off. Because it's so interesting to see an empire that's so high and mighty crumble at the sight of any conflict. <laughs> yeah. And they have no idea how to handle it. Mm-mm. Whether it's the heist that went, at, went down and like nobody fucking figured it out. Or like figured out how to handle it, the prison break where every pretty much all the guards almost just like gave up immediately. Um, you know, a star destroyer being punked out by a little fucking cruiser. You know, and then of course at the end when you know the big finale of the show, you know the empire loses control, and it's it's just evident that they are too resting on their laurels, and. It's so interesting to see like, oh, this this is where the idea of the like rebellion begins, like the rebellion that we know from the movies and other shows like this is the linchpin. And 
now going on to season two is just to see how the empire responds because we don't know like we we have an idea of where yeah they go. you know yeah go ahead it, it what it really did about the what it really showed about the empire and, the, and they mentioned this in 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 the show like that they are just so arrogant and they feel like they are so like like they can't be touched that they are so vulnerable to such simple like like how are you gonna let that one little ship fuck up literally a whole fucking uh star destroyer like how does that happen like it shouldn't happen but because they are so like on their on their high horse like of course it's gonna happen and that's kind of like what shows that's why the rebellion is successful in, in the end right because the empire is so like we we are the empire nothing can touch us and all of a sudden like some dude with some sticks like <laughs> messes up your whole ship like how does that happen um just want to say uh of course uh before we move on to other things the like the the linchpin you were talking about brian with the scene on ferrix the daughters of ferrix have their ceremony oh, yeah. marva has her speech an amazing speech and I heard a rumor, I don't know if it's true, that the writers actually wanted her to say, fuck the Empire, which of course <laughs> Disney would have let fly, would have been epic. Uh, a great speech about they just basically what we were saying, like, Empire's arrogant, but, you know, they're not they're not really holding it together, you know, rebel, take them on. And, you know, the Empire there, the people there, they, they lost it, they couldn't keep control, they started killing people on site. You know, they were fighting back. They were kicking the riot shields. They used Marva's ashes and body in a... That was, that was crazy. <laughs> slap around Imperials, brain. which is amazing, I have to say. So, and, you know, the poor little droid got knocked over, but, you know, it, it's... That was... It was that, just, I don't know about you guys. That made me sad. <laughs> it's like, it's just on. really well done. And no one... No one... So, it, you know, the build-up was there, the writing was there to set up something amazing like that. Yeah. And it was just really well done. And, of course, we, we see, you know, things unfold. We see, you know, Deidre's trying to get Andor. Cyril's trying to get Andor. Luthen's trying to get Andor. Everyone's trying to kill Andor, you know? All for one guy who just was like, yeah. I'm going to do something on a whim, kind of. Which was mm -hmm. crazy. And, you know, he always had it, and he wasn't going to even do anything, too. I mean, that's the impression I got. And Luthan's like, no, he's going to ruin me. No, he wasn't. He's just coming back for his mom and sister, and that's it. You know? Like, and... that's all he cared about. Like, I just wanted to see my mom. Yeah, and he doesn't even get to see her one more time. It It's just crazy how everything unfolds. Subplots, that you know, they all converge. And, it, of course, it explodes in everyone's faces. Even the guy in the beginning first three episodes that was, like, trying to punk out Andor, sells out Andor, and he fucking gets killed. Like, the glass goes in his face, and he's, oh, he's dead. Yeah. Which I was like, oh, gruesome. But betray, you know, he was working with the Empire. Look what happens, and, I guess, right? And and not to mention, like, even before that, we've had a few episodes of Bix just being... Tortured. Out tortured. Out of mind. Like tr trying to like get information about Cassian from her, and she wouldn't say anything. But like, look at the toll that went on her. And then, of course, Andor had to go try to find and rescue her uh, while the whole all the chaos was happening. But like, there's just there's just so much happening in just that one sequence. But it all just kind of fell into place super easily. Mm -hmm. Um. And I wanted to kind of 
bring up Mar- uh, Marva's speech real quick. One day, one, it was a fantastic. Like, I told I told Marcel. I think IGN gave it like a ten out of ten for episode twelve. And after seeing that that scene, I was like, that that fits. That fits pretty well. Um, but I just think, do you guys? Did you guys remember seeing like the supposed like first draft leak of the original script for Rise of Skywalker? No, um, I think I've seen people. People want to. It was like what Duel of the Fates or whatever. So was yeah. like, talking about that. Yeah. So it was before um, they had J.J. Um, Abrams come back. So this was the first director. I can't remember the name of the first director, but. In the script, the supposed script that was leaked had a sequence where um, they were trying to give a message out to anybody in the galaxy to help them out. And so they decided to go to Coruscant at Palpatine's old palace to send a message. And what they're going to do is that they're going to have this big hologram of Leia like project out and like send a message to everybody in the galaxy to help fight um against the the first order and then i could help but think how cool that would have been to see and then now i don't know if this has something to do with that if they got inspiration from that but then seeing this scene play out and it's just so fucking perfect like you had everybody in the in Ferrix like in the town square, you know, watching this uh, hologram of Marva just have her speech and it just ramps up to the point where it's like, let's just fucking attack, you know, let's just go and fight the Empire. And it was just so powerful and so strong. And it's like, oh, you know. It's it's just one of those scenes where I'm just like, fuck yeah, Star Wars. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, like I said, the the show was gritty, you know, like you really have to get like down and dirty for to get things done in this one. And I think that had a lot to do. I think that's why it was so well received, because it was in some ways, you know, like normal people could achieve what they achieve. It's just about having the spirit to do it right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's just like. You don't need a laser sword and magical powers to right. you know, start a movement. All you need is just faith and like some like a good speech. And and good funding. Yes. Very important. <laughs> Very important. Um, speaking of good funding, I'm gonna touch two more things and uh we can go wherever we want. Um one of them I just want to talk more about Deidre, how she's still invested in the Empire. And they can't even protect her. And she's bringing the Empire to new places. You see that at the end. She's getting, like, trampled on. You know, her death troopers, where are they? Not even protecting her. Of course, the simp saves her. But you know what I mean? <laughs> like, she was about to get trampled to death. Like, she couldn't even be protected. She's an officer of the fucking Empire. Right? She had a oh, yeah. full... Like, what happened? <laughs> like, it's just interesting to see, like, even as she rises... Empire can't still even protect their own people. You know, like they can barely protect themselves. It's just interesting to see that unfolding, even on a small scale level. And we'll, of course, we'll see it at a major level throughout this the whole Star Wars Skywalker bullshit, right? So, um, oh 
What was the, yeah. what was the quote? It was a quote someone said in the show where it's like, if you have true power, if it was something along the lines of like, if you, you have, uh, if you truly have power, you don't, you have no fear. It's like power doesn't back away or something like that. I know what you're talking about. It's like on the, I, I'm, I'm, I'm totally butchering the quote, but it was such yeah. a really great quote. Just like representing. It's like the empire is always showing so much force, but it's because they're afraid. Yeah. And, that's, and, that's and, a, it, and it this whole this whole like riot sequence proves it. Yeah. Like yeah, like they they have the officer like open fire on the town, but like you say one by one, you see the townspeople just kind of one upping everybody, and it just they I think they did a great job in that sequence just to show the straight up fear in those like officers like faces where it's like. Mm-hmm. I don't know what to do anymore. <laughs> it's like, we never expected this to happen. Just reminded me too, that, uh, the, one of the sons of Ferrix, his dad, I don't remember if he got killed or taken away. He literally makes like an, uh, improvised explosive device, right? The kid. Yeah. He uses it. He throws it and he blows some fuckers up. And of course, Imperial oversight. No one's watching the fucking grenades. It's all, you know, <laughs> left alone. It causes a bigger explosion. It's just like, what the fuck? You know, but just like, wow, you know, they, they don't have their shit together. It just. Before I forget, I think we need a shout out to the bell ringer for having one oh, of the most yeah. epic fucking kill. <laughs> fucking Spartan kick off the tower. The fucking, this fucking schmuck fucking stormtrooper climbs this big ass tower only to fucking get booted off as soon as he gets up there. <laughs> Like, come on, man! What what did you expect was going to happen? Like, <laughs> and the, the stormtrooper had no agency; he didn't have his gun ready or anything. And it's like, hey, it's like he he started that day. That was his first day and his last day. Um, <laughs> come on, man! Like, what did you think was going to happen? Really? <laughs> uh, I'm sure there's a lot to talk about uh, that we're glossing over, but I wanted to bring up before we forget. Uh, with Mon Mothma, uh, just her descent, like Luthen, to get things done as the rebellion rolling, and she teases throughout the whole season. They're listening. They're listening. They're listening. We haven't really seen it in the final episodes. We do because she throws her husband under the bus. He's like, "Oh, you've been losing money because of gambling, right?" He's like, "No, I haven't." Whether he does or not. The Empire reports it back because the driver is the man on the inside. He's like, yeah, of course there's money missing. He's gambling it away, which is a perfect cover for her. But she's throwing her family under the bus. It's oh, it's so good. Well, come on, dude. Like, they were such pieces of shit to her. Yeah. Like, he was a piece of shit. Very and her daughter was a family. piece of shit. Yeah. Like, that. that's the kind, you know, that's, that's who you have to beat to get things like it's like, yeah, like it's 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 like, one thing oh, i was so frustrated for her oh yeah it's like it's one thing walking into the show and being like mon mothma had a family and then the more the this show goes on it's like i could see why she left them <laughs> they're fucking assholes <laughs> all of them oh man like the yeah, fucking just... oh man oh, no but like the mon mothma scenes i thought were some of the more interesting as far just as like a 
like for her character, just seeing where she came from and actually getting to see like. It's so interesting to just to see what the Empire is like. Like. Post, you know, Order 66 post like the the build up of the Empire. And so, like, we get to see, like, what the Senate, like, what the Senate looks like now. And I don't know if you guys really noticed, like, you know, Mon Moth will have her speeches of, like, you know, the Empire's overreaching and stuff like that. And, you know, people are, like, senators are just, like, tuning out and actually just, like, saying, fuck this, I'm leaving. Yeah, yeah. And, like, the, like, the whole Senate yeah. just seems so disinterested. But also, if you notice... It's not a lot of aliens in the Senate anymore, are there? Nope. A lot of humans in, in the Senate now. Man, that was for budgetary reasons. Don't <laughs> even <laughs> try I to mean, make this a political thing. You're not wrong, though. No, I'm, I'm just wrong. kidding. <laughs> but it's just so, it's... Imagine having to put all those people in makeup. What's that going to cost the production? For Disney, though. <laughs> for Disney. <laughs> I mean, you saw I mean... CGI and She-Hulk, right? <laughs> I mean, shit. You could just, you could, you could have just fucking taken the scenes out of fucking episode two and been fine. But like, just, but like, yeah, just like from Mon Mothma, like, just to see her character go from like, she's the senator, trying to hide this rebellion that she wants to like help fund. And, you know, she still wants to kind of do it the right way and, like, is afraid of being, like, found out. And then she gets the opportunity to get some funding from a very shady, you know, banker. And, like, struggling with the idea. It's like, okay, well, if I do this, not only do I have to kind of start throwing my husband under the bus, but also I kind of have to secretly, like marry my daughter away not very secret <laughs> not very secret but it's it's wild because okay so you guys remember the scene where her daughter is kind of like in this group yeah yeah like i don't know what you Able. call i don't know what i don't know what you call it it's like a it's like this group of like young like young women i guess it's like some kind of like not like a faith group, but it's it's but some kind of something like that, right? It's it's kind of it's kind of something like that. But you know, her her daughter's whole time has always been so antagonistic towards Mothma. And now like she's doing this group thing and then of course now you have this idea with like the banker's son is now involved, but then you take a look at her daughter and she has this kind of like smug look on her face like like oh look at I was like it's like I'm gonna be more adult and I'm gonna like stick it to my mom. Where it's like, it's like, nah, her mom's been playing this whole fucking thing and she's using you as a pawn, whether you know it or not. And it's just like it's so interesting to see honestly just more Mon Mothma and like what she has to go through. Cause up until this point, like we've only seen her, you know, in a few briefing scenes from like the movies. And then a couple episodes of like Clone Wars, and I think she might have been in Rebels. I don't remember. Probably more Rebels than Clone Wars, maybe. I don't um, remember. But just to see her beginnings, I guess you could say. 
Yeah, because I guess she becomes she becomes a pretty big figure in the in in the early part of the resistance, right? I guess in rebels and stuff. I mean, eventually she just becomes the rebel leader. Gotcha. Yeah. But yeah, I I'm very interested to see like where she goes from here. And obviously there's at some point she's going to have to just leave everything behind and mm -hmm. fully become a rebel. I want to bring up two more. I keep saying I want to bring up two more things. It just happens. I keep remembering as we go. Uh, shout out to those two pirates for when uh, Melshi and Cassian escape. They like capture them and they're like, nah, Empire fucked up our planet. Go ahead. We'll take you where you want to go. They're like, hey, where was the Empire? We got back to He's like, nah, we like you guys. Fuck the Empire. So, so you know, they wouldn't have gone very far. They didn't, you know, help them out. So shout out to those two guys and their quad jumper. It's a random encounter. It was, it was kind of funny. And, uh, oh, Luthen's assistant is very interesting as well. I just want to say, oh, she's very mysterious. They haven't laid on what her major roles, but she's got something against the Empire, too. I'm wondering, like, again, what her and losing what what did the Empire do to them to send them like we're all in to taking the Empire down and this effort? You know, she's working in the shadows. And she's kind of like almost like Luthen's man in the chair, right? For lack of a better term. And it just again, just it's all interconnected. And she kind of feeds Luthen like maybe we should take out Andor. We don't know what he's gonna do, which is a fair point. But again, he's just like I want to see my family and get the fuck out of here. He's like, I want to do this for a check. Sure, it helps the everyman. I'm done. And of course, he goes on this wild communist, everyone's equal, and help everyone adventure. And everyone's on his ass. So, I mean, it's, it's so well connected. The story's brought to life so well. And I, that's just a testament to, I think, just everyone who's involved with it. And I just, are we missing anything, guys? I'm sure there's a, a thing. Is there anything you guys wanted to? now like i just i just wanted for sure touched everything i just said for sure like those main points i think were like big important chunks of the second half i think we should talk about the prison a little bit oh because yeah. we haven't really touched Dang. on that we haven't touched on like the prison as a whole yet no that's surface level yeah right. um well one and or getting getting to the prison and it just shows that the empire is just like Nobody's going to miss these people, you know, mm -hmm. just like literally Andor had like nothing to do. And there's like, nope, you're arrested under arrest, you know, six years, six years in prison. He's like, dude, I was just drinking a pina colada. <laughs> six months to six years. Yeah. And it's, uh, it's like getting to see fully like what an imperial prison is like and it's like a labor prison too so you have these multiple levels of prisoners just building these parts they're all the same I, like these weird like coils or like kind of bracket i don't know what the fuck you would call them but like there's all building these things and of course andy circus's character is like the head of like that of their level and, you know, they're just all kind of just working like day and night or not day and night, but like they have like 12 hour shifts and they just work. And then, of course, 
eventually some weird things start happening and you know andor is always like thinking like okay it's like what's a good way to escape and then of course it was actually really interesting when they're in like the little tunnel waiting to be like transferred and then you see like the the prisoners like formed like communication they're like fucking like using like hand signals or like hand signs to like communicate with other people like across the way and just like to see the buildup of like hey you know a level just kind of you know they all just disappeared for some reason and then you know figuring it out and it's like turning out that these prisoners never really leave like the prison sentences are just like a farce and they just get relocated to another section of the prison. Mm-hmm. And then someone found out about that. So they just wiped out a whole level. It's like, Oh fuck. Okay. And then of course we lead up to, you know, and or finally like getting like some people to kind of like, Hey, we're going to break out of here. We're going to have, we're going to make a plan. Um, I kind of wanted to get your guys' opinions on just, like, overall your thoughts on this whole prison system, and as well as just kind of, like, how you felt leading up to the prison break. Like, like how did you expect it to go compared to how it went, like, went out? So we'll take it away first. Again, the the Empire's sheer ignorance was their own downfall, right? Like, they just seemed so... Like, they were strict about the rules and all this and, and like that, but they really didn't account for people's determination. Like, they fucking found a way to overtake the whole prison. Well, I mean, it, yeah. <laughs> it was interesting. I thought it was crazy that they would go to those extremes, like, oh one floor finds out that you're not you you don't actually like escape this prison let's kill the whole floor like mm-hmm. that's pretty intense and i'm sure at that point find replacing labor is nothing for them right they're just taking people left and right anyways yeah um again it's just crazy to see the early growing pains of the empire really because it's all fresh fresh and new what Joel? do you think, Joel? Um, you know, it's good commentary on the prison, 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 uh, industrial complex. But yeah, just it's the lengths they go, and it's really, of course, like like the guards they have are shadows, right? They make a good point. There's how many workers against how many actual guards, right? And I think the most striking thing was they had this old guy, Olaf, right? Working hard, he was finally gonna leave. Oh, like he was three days away, but he wasn't pulling his weight. Right, Bastian was doing double work for him. You see him struggling. He's hella old, and you know it's like, you know he's gonna die here. It's like, so what? You know he he's it's better he he's dead because he wasn't actually gonna leave. They're just gonna send him somewhere else. So it's just like fuck. What is this guy gonna be like a catalyst and? see you know andy circus's character lino he sees before him like oh shit you know you're actually not leaving how they're gonna treat the dead how they just killed off a whole floor he's like no like seeing that growth of him like 
I'm gonna follow it to a T, do my job and get out to fuck the Empire. I'm with you, Cassian. Dude. Was a great buildup. That last line where he's like, or first, you know, at first Cassian's like, how many guards are there? He's like, I'm not gonna tell you to how many guards are there? And he's like, right away, he tells them. Was fucking masterful, I have to say, uh, as far as the how that goes. Like, oh, it's just so well done. No more than 12. Yeah, right? It was like, ooh, things, <laughs> good. And just how they work together to, you know, like Cassie's been chipping away this thing to leak water, and he has people on board, like you guys were saying, and they're not going to come back. Some of them know it. But they risk it all to get out, and it's just crazy because he's signaling people. Some people come back. Even the new guy, the new guy they're gonna bring in, it's like, nah, I'm a fight too. He fucking gets toasted right there. It, it's, that was sad. Uh, was but hey, man, he was. He knew. He knew. He knew his. He knew his place. He knew it had to happen. Yeah. Oh, just that, that arc was honestly like one of the best parts of the whole show, if not. The you know it it sets up where Andor is going to go, what he's going to become, and what you know the lengths he's going to go to to achieve his goal. And of course, you know me. I was talking to my wife when we watched. Is like I bet you they're building parts for the thing he's going to help destroy. And you know, lo and behold, at the end of the season, we have that nice pan out. Right. So. I was actually very surprised that they actually showed what uh they were working on secretly because i wasn't because i wasn't expecting that to be like a season one thing i was assuming like once we got close to like the wrap-up it would be like the reveal yeah you know so it it just it just creates more questions to seeing like where they where are they going from here like where where season two gonna lead us especially knowing that like you know, the Death Star is a fact, like maybe not a factor, but it is present in this time period. And I other guess was, it was to... at parts. Oh, go ahead, Marcelo. No, all I said was I, I'm just going to have to go back and rewatch Rogue One after this. Oh, for sure. Like, oh, so good. Like, I feel like we're probably going to be watching Rogue One like at least once every like at the end of this and then the end end of the next season as well. Mm-hmm. There's just so much like to talk about, but I feel like we'll probably have to just kind of sum it up a little bit since uh, I feel like we're we're getting close to the end of the podcast for now. Yep. Yeah. So I guess I'll just a- ask both of you guys this question where um like Overall, like, how much would you recommend the show? And also, just like, how, like, what are what is something that you're looking forward to expanding on in the next season? Uh, hundred uh, percent. I I don't think any of us would not recommend somebody watch this show. <laughs> um, this is this is how I feel. Uh, this. This is how a show should be done, I feel. They paced it really well. Really great acting, really solid production, really solid, you know, like musical score. It was all really well done, really well paced. Like everything had its spot. For me personally, I I didn't feel like anything was filler 
or really unnecessary or even really fan service. Nothing felt fan servicey or forced, right? Um, so 100% would recommend this. And like I said, you know, I rec- I definitely want to see more about, uh, like, I want to see what happens in between who he is now, between who we meet in Rogue One, you know, when he meets the when he meets the droid and all that. That's kind of what I'm looking forward to. Joel? You know what I'm going to say, man. <laughs> Star Wars. I... I've been watching Star Wars probably I came out of the womb that thing was probably on on TV when I got home uh, I mean it, watch it it's, it's, it's just literally the best thing I've seen all year I, I will even put it above Rings of Power and House of Dragon that's like how good it is I'm, mm. I'm gonna say I know myself making a face I, I think it's that good like Ooh. okay Rings of Power is, is good so is House of Dragon but they this goes farther in touching upon it's not fair to compare those. They are very different. I will say that. But as far as what I wanted out of it, yeah, it, this is probably the best thing. I, I recommend it to everyone, honestly. Check it out. And you can see the first two episodes now with different streaming services, which I think is awesome. Uh, what I want to see, I want to see Luthen fall farther. I want to see Mon Mata fall farther. I want to see how the Rebellion gets money. We're talking about Rogue One. I want to see how they meet uh, Admiral Radish. When does he come to the equation? Oh, yeah. The Mon Calamari aren't, aren't a factor yeah. yet. Maybe we'll see why. Um, maybe we'll have a visit. I know we haven't seen magical beings, but there are a few who are still out there. And maybe that will a little magic pushes, maybe. Hopefully in a believable way. Because everything they've done for season one has been pretty, but good. Realistic and believable you know like it's not like gritty for the sake of being edgy it's like we've said it's like an every man every person every woman whatever it's to do it like it's it's so good and and let's let's see how he gets his ride let's see who else he meets on the way and let's see who you know who doesn't make it too like i've before we pass to you brian just i've seen rumors that the writer said like he's even talked about like literally season two or whatever Ending with him literally meeting Jim. Like, that would be like, boom, I would love that too. Might be a little corny, might be a little cheesy, but. I, I feel like with where Rogue One starts and where we're at now, where where does Luthen fall into all that? Like, what's going to happen to him in between now and then? Is he going to get caught? Like, is he, you know, like, that's super interesting, right? Like. Because I feel like he would have been a really important character in Rogue One if he yeah. would have been alive at that point. Like I don't, th- I don't feel, I don't feel like they would have left him out. And, and I mean, I could be totally wrong, but uh, like, where's his downfall come from? I just kind of doing a, a prediction. I could see Luthen maybe going a little bit over the edge to the point where the rest of the rebel leaders actually throw him under the bus. So it's kind of like he's going out by his own doing in a set, like wait, he's, he's being done upon what he's done to other people in the rebellion. He's using his enemy's weapon against him. And that's probably what the rebellion will do. Right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, as far as like the show, like you're, like they said, a hundred percent recommend even if there's like people in your friend group or your like people you know that 
have said like you know i think i'm done with star wars like be like no just try this one out and just like see what you what you think it's like if you don't like this one then yeah pretty much you're you're probably done with star wars if you don't like this one but this is i think a as far as like people asking for something new and different from star wars i think this is a very good like direction to go in like you can still have like the like the mandalorian stuff and you can still have like the essence of like star wars and then also have this like more down to earth and like gritty take on star wars and kind of have it run in tandem um but joel you actually unlocked the thought in my brain when you're talking about um just seeing where all these people in the rebellion go towards you would have to think at some point between now and where rogue one begins some people from rebels has to be involved like the cast of rebels might appear somewhere cuz they get they get involved in the rebellion and at least Hera is mentioned in Rogue One. Rosendula, baby. So, like, I think it was already confirmed that we're getting Sabine in in the um, the Ahsoka show. So we're already getting some live action castings for the Rebels crew. Who's to say some other ones won't show up in season two? I'm thinking at the very least a mention because. What they do in kind of Lothal at first is very contained. So they might be like, there's risings here, here, and in Lothal. I think at the very least, we'll get a mention. But I, I didn't even think about the Rebels crew. And so I was thinking about just other whoever's are out there. But that, never know. Maybe we might see like a, they're stranded real quick. We see a ghost quick fly by, bails them out. Fuck. Rebels fashion. And they've been teasing oh. the ghost for so long. In live action to see someone walk out of that ship let's see someone walk out of that <laughs> ship so hyped. i want to fucking see it star wars the hondo i borrowed the ship <laughs> <laughs> oh all right well let us know what you guys think about andor of course we'd love to hear what you guys think um of course you could leave a comment in the comment section below or you can go onto our twitter or instagram or other social media let us know what you think um and of course you can go back watch our other reviews we just did wakanda forever we saw that all together we got to review it all together it was a real fun time go check that out and of course we have other good star wars reviews in the past and probably in the future as well as long as you know we can as long as there's star wars we will review it but yes uh thank you guys for hanging out with us as always uh until the next time keep on nerding <laughs>